What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. Today, we are talking about the difference between training and competition. They are very, very different, and a lot of people don't understand this. This is one of the uh, things that we really try and get across to people to make sure that they get right so they don't get injured. Stick around. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name is Rad Burmeister. I am one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and co-creators of the UMS, the Unify Movement System, where we turn driven people into strong and flexible athletes. And the way we do that is with a revolutionary system here called the Unify Movement System. If you wanna know how we do it, what the secret source is, you can get started by downloading one of our blueprints, the Strength Blueprint, the Flexibility Blueprint, or the Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the comments section. And you also wanna come over and join the UMS Movement Mastermind on Facebook. That's where we record these shows live and interact with our audience and answer questions. I'm joined today by my business partner, Richard Lelly. So how are you, bro? Hey, Rad. Good morning, guys. Um, and uh, you can hear I've, I've actually lost my voice. I, um, I just got back from holiday and I'm looking at the live feed here. I can see I've got a little bit of a tan going on, which is, an, which is a good thing. I did get a little bit of sun. But uh, unfortunately, I've lost my voice. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I work really long hours, and every time I go away on a holiday, my body, my immune system seems to go, ah, let's uh, relax and, and let all those viruses in. And, and, and my wife and I were talking about how we always seem to bloody get sick when we go away on holidays. So uh, this was no exception. And um, anyway, I've lost my voice as I've, as I've come back. So I do apologize um, for everyone, but I'm gonna be talking a little bit more quietly than normal. Um, to try to uh, preserve my voice and let it heal. Now, <coughs> um, how are you, Richie? How was your time while I was away? Yeah, it was fine. I, I did the um, the long hours, but um, it didn't. It wasn't so bad. I, I got enough hours sleep, and it went by pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. We um, uh, because of the nature of our business, when one of us goes away on holiday, the other has to cover. Um, and uh, the way we do the gym here, I open the gym at five a.m. and um, I finish at about 5 p.m. and Richie comes in at about 8 a.m. and then he closes the gym and, and walks out um, uh, about 7.30 or something like that. So it's a long day for us when we go away, but I've, I've, I'll be paying him back next week. He'll be going away. Um, so, yeah, look, this is a really, really good um, uh, topic, everyone, because... I'm gonna I'm gonna preframe this by just saying that you know the idea is what we're, what we're trying to get across is that training and competition are very very different things. When you if you look at a professional athlete, um, you know when they compete, they are literally pushing their body to the absolute you know limits of what it's capable of because they're competing with other people and you have to. Um, and um, the uh, the difference between training is that you you absolutely don't do that in in training you don't push your body to its absolute limit because if you injure yourself when you're training and then you can't compete on the weekend let's say if you're a professional athlete and you play baseball or football or whatever it is and you have to compete every weekend you don't want to get injured <laughs> during training so that you can't even get out and and play the sport or play the game on the weekend so the training is not competition it's not designed to compete with anyone it's designed to prepare yourself for competition now professional athletes know this they work with coaches that you know make sure that this is what happens um, but 
the rest of us, for a lot of people, we, we get it really wrong. A lot of people, um, a lot of people just don't understand this concept. And, and, and whenever they're training, it's like they're trying to compete with people. And, and, and this is what we want to, um, yeah, what we want to talk about, what we want to try and help people to understand. Richie, you got anything to, um, to add there? Um, hey, this is something that I think um, I've gotten wrong before in the past as well, you know, being young, being and getting into training in the gym, um, training on a, uh, in a team sport like soccer. Um, you, you have this very keen mindset to be the best that you can and, and to be at the levels that you see the other kids play at or the other guys play at, lift that, you know, and you tend to sort of um, want to be as good or better than them. And um, you, I, I guess you soon realize that it's just not the way. Yeah, and a lot, of peop- a lot of people don't realize it, do they? A lot of people just go through this cycle of getting injured all the time and they don't yeah. understand why. Mm-hmm. I certainly did. For me, my, my competition and what we do at Unity Gym for Yanni, Richard and me, our, our, um, our way of competing is competing with ourselves uh, with calisthenics. So we, we express our strength and our capabilities through calisthenics and body weight movements that are a, an expression of our strength and flexibility that allow us to you know, benchmark where we're at. Um, and we really love that. And when I started learning calisthenics, I didn't understand this concept. And you know, my training was, uh, a lot of it was like competition where I was basically every you know, workout, I was competing with myself, trying to make myself better. And it led to some really bad injuries for me. I've, I've had a couple of really bad shoulder injuries through that process and learned a lot um, learned a lot about the body and learned a lot about training and learned how to you know make this distinction and now that I understand it um, you know there's there's things that you do where you you know test just I mean a, a really good example um, is is the journey of a handstand right mm. and what we have to understand when you're doing calisthenics um, if you're learning a skill like a handstand, it's the volume of the skill that adds up o- over time that, w- that will develop that skill. If you don't get enough volume, then you just don't get better at it at all. And the reason why is because the, there's so many adaptations that go on um, on a physical level in the joints, you know, like your hands, your wrists, your elbows, your shoulders, your whole core, everything has to learn how to contract in the right way to hold you upside down but there's also the adaptations that occur in the nervous system where you're you you have to learn how to hold your body in these positions like you you have to understand how to create that straight line without being able to see yourself because you can't mm. look in the mirror when you're doing a handstand so this is why in the earlier stages of handstand training we use the wall we use the wall to be able to go up against it because the wall provides something that we can press against and we get a a tactile response feedback that tells us if our body is straight or not now where people go really wrong with handstands and where i went really wrong before we worked with some really amazing hand balancing coaches that taught us these concepts is that people just kick up and try and hold a handstand and then fall back down and they think that that's what handstand training is just kicking up and trying to hold it Mm. and when you look at let's say you did a um you know a day of handstand training where you dedicate 20 minutes to to training for a handstand and if you're a generalist if you're somebody that what i mean by a generalist is if you're not trying to specialize in hand balancing if you're trying to you know become strong and flexible and fit and you know have a well-rounded approach like what we do in the ums then 20 minutes of handstand training a day is a lot it's a lot of time to dedicate to a skill um 
And if you spend 20 minutes where all you did was kick up and fall down and kick up and then maybe get a bit of a banana back and hold it for three or four seconds and then fall back down, and you did that for 20 minutes, you've done really virtually no handstand training at all. You haven't done anything which has shown the body, shown the, the central nervous system how you need to hold your body in that position for the handstand. And what you've really done is just competed with yourself to test what you can do. And you finish the workout and you know that you can't do a handstand. But if you did that you know, three or four days a week and you did that for six months, after six months, you'll likely have gotten nowhere with the handstand training. Now, if you go about it a different way, where rather than trying to compete with yourself, if you're, if you're doing your training in a way that's going to produce a result, which is that you understand progressive overload and you identify a, um, you know, a progression that you can actually do and develop you know, time under tension enough that creates volume that's going to you know, over time create adaptation in the body. So the way we do things with handstand training is we do front body lines and back body lines for the core and we do like a 45 degree face to wall handstand, which gives you, it, it takes a lot of the weight out of the wrists and the hands and the shoulders. It, it has a less of a requirement for um, shoulder flexibility, for, for flexion in the shoulders. And it allows a, a beginner to be able to do maybe 20 seconds of a, of a 45 degree face to wall handstand, where if they went into a full vertical face to wall handstand, they'd probably fall straight over on their face and, and really hurt themselves. But when you do that, and you can do your three, four or five sets of that, and you do that a couple of days a week, and you go through all of these exercises where if, if somebody that didn't understand the training, you'd look at it and you'd think, well, you haven't actually done one handstand. No, yeah. you haven't. But what you've done is a training session that takes you closer to doing a handstand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the handstand as, a, as an example. Um, because yeah, it highlights the fact that you have to break it down in those components you get good at those components the smaller uh, isolated parts of the body the the movement the the technique just like you would if you were on the field playing soccer you know you don't you don't practice by playing games every single time you go through the you know the footwork the the the, the ball drills everything like the forms um and then you put it together into a training session you know um eventually but uh yeah i think that's um, one of the main take-home points of today's discussion is that yeah it's um you don't go out there and compete straight away you don't go out there and give it 100 percent and um have it looking exactly how it's supposed to you have to break down component wise yeah yeah for sure and you know like volume volume is just so important you know when you add up that volume over time that's what really creates these results and if we just stay on the calisthenics idea for a little while um before we move on to, to some other examples of this, you know, um, for, for most people, at least the way that we do things in the UMS, we don't like using calisthenics for beginners. And the reason, what I mean by that is like somebody that's, that's brand new to exercise. And the reason why is because it's, it's too hard to manipulate the intensity variable for a beginner. And what we mean by that is volume versus intensity, what are they? Volume refers to how much, so how much of something did you do. So when you do a handstand, if you hold it for 10 seconds or 20 seconds, you've manipulated the volume. It's how much you've held it for. If you're doing weightlifting, if you do five sets of five reps or 10 sets of five reps, that's manipulating the volume. Or if you do five sets of five reps or five sets of 10 reps, that's manipulating the volume. 
Intensity refers to how heavy. So with weightlifting, it's really easy. If you add weight to something, it's um, increasing intensity. When it comes to calisthenics, the intensity variable is usually um, increased by uh, leverage. So by changing the leverage where when you do something like a, well, if we use the handstand example, doing a 45 degree face to wall handstand and then going to a face to wall handstand, a vertical face to wall handstand, that's changing the intensity. You've made it heavier on your joints. And with calisthenics, it's, it's very hard to understand how to manipulate that intensity variable and even the volume variable effectively when you're a beginner. When you're a real beginner, it's just really easy to get that wrong. And I learned this the hard way myself. Um, it, for somebody even at my level of training experience when I started calisthenics where I'd been training for decades, I still messed that up and I injured my shoulders and injured my, we all, we all got a bunch of injuries, you know, when we started learning calisthenics. So that's why we like to use weightlifting at the start. But let's, so let's say you're beyond that absolute beginner phase and you start your calisthenics um, journey. So you've already conditioned your body effectively and you're ready to give it a go. For most people, what we recommend is that we recommend the five to eight rep range is, is the best rep range to work with. And the reason why is because the five to eight rep range is a rep range that like when you go below five reps, it means that you're choosing an exercise selection where the intensity is very high. It's very, very easy to mess it up. You know, when you're trying to learn the right technique, it's very, very uh, easy to mess that up. And if you go above the eight rep range, um, you're often going to something that's just a little bit too easy and, and you, you still want to be challenging yourself and choosing something that's hard. So it's, this is where so many people get it wrong is that they, they choose a progression with their calisthenics where they can barely do one rep with good technique, but they mm. still try and do two or three reps. But when you watch the technique for a coach like, like us, when you're, um, when you're critiquing them, you think, man, I wouldn't have even counted one of those reps and you still went for two or three. But uh, people that are, that are new to this stuff, they don't understand how to regress a movement effectively um, to be able to take it away from that competition phase and, uh, or, or competition state where they're competing with themselves to see what they can do um, and, and put it into a, a, a training phase where you're actually training towards something that's going to make you better. Yeah. We see that a lot, don't we? Richard's up there nodding. I feel like yep. maybe that was a mic drop moment because he's not saying anything there. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, again, like uh, if if you're choosing intensity wrong, like you're you're going out there and you're competing with yourself, just trying to hold it for as long as you can every single set. Um, not only <coughs> do you realize that you won't be able to do that very many times before you're completely burnt out, and again, your workout comes to a, a quick end. Um, but you, you're ex accelerating that, that uh, potential to get injured because of the overload that you're inducing in the, the body that's not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. that's, uh, that's the biggest, one of the bigger things also with competing versus training, like competing can result in injury because you're going 100, 110%, um, yep. whereas training, you're, you know, you're holding back t so that you can um, repeat, 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 repeat. So uh, the body does adapt. Yep. Now, I want to... Um I want to, uh, we didn't put a question of the day up there, but I want to do it now. And Richie, if you can just type up your own version of this after I've said it. But the question of the day is, I want to know, have you ever injured yourself during training when you were trying to go too hard, when you were pushing yourself too, too far? I have, Richard has, 
Yani has. So let me know in the comments. I want to know, have you ever injured yourself during training? And do you think you were doing something that you shouldn't have? Were you competing rather than, than training? Um, now I want to talk about, I want to shift from this focus of, of, uh, of calisthenics. I want to shift to something that a lot of people have got um, experience with in our audience, um, which is CrossFit. And, uh, and this is something that Yanni and Richard and I believe that, that CrossFit has, um, has really gotten wrong over the years. And I want to, um, before, I want to pre-frame this first by saying that I, am, I don't want to make this out like I'm attacking CrossFit because there's so much stuff that I love and respect about CrossFit. Yanni and I, uh, we watch the CrossFit games, we watch the documentaries on Netflix and we are in awe and um, in, and inspired by those athletes, you know what those CrossFit athletes do is just phenomenal. They are unbelievable. But my this is my experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna give a a, um, a real disclaimer here. This is my experience and my opinion. Being a coach, somebody that owns a gym and that's had people that have walked through our doors a lot that have an experience with CrossFit where they injured themselves and then came into the gym here and talk about the injuries that they got at a CrossFit box and you know what they want to get out of training here, which is to learn how to beat their injuries and train in a different way. Um, I think something that CrossFit really, really messed up is that when they created the CrossFit Games, you know, they had these, these, um, these workouts that the CrossFit athletes do that if I'm not mistaken, that's where the wads were created off the you know these crossfit wads that have these names you know fran and um julie or whatever they are i know that they're all named after women um and those wads are a competition they're they always have a they always have a score to them like it's you're trying to get the best time or you're trying to get the the, the most weight or whatever it is and you know i've gone to uh i've gone and and, and done a few of them with a couple of friends who, who did CrossFit and they, they wanted to do this, this workout with me at Unity Gym and I joined in with them and did it. And there is a massive level of competition there, which again um, is, uh, you know, is great to do to test yourself, but it is not the way that you want to be training. You don't want to be going to your gym and your workout is a competition because you can you, you just can't do that all the time. You can't compete daily. You have to train in a way where you know you have a benchmark where you've measured yourself, you've seen where you are, and then you train in a way to see if you can make yourself stronger, more flexible, fitter. Um, and then you compete if that's what you want to do to test yourself. And then after the competition, you go back to training. Um, and, and that's something that um, I, d I don't know how things are now you know but i know i know what things were like a few years ago and and i know that you know the amount of people that we've had that ca that came in here that tell us about the injury that they sustained at crossfit and, and and how they got it um and that's something that i think people need to be really aware of and and really understand that if you you are training at a crossfit box um and, and you're doing these wads you, you know you, you need to understand this stuff you need to uh, to, to, to be aware what this difference between training and, and competition is. Yep, one's a workout that gets you sweaty and sore, and the other one is a training program. Yeah, what I said yesterday. Like, there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, there really is. And you know, a good program, um, you know, is periodized, which means that you know, from week to week and month to month, you you are manipulating 
certain variables that that are controlled that are that you're going to see uh, that are ways that you can manipulate yourself getting stronger and more flexible very safely um, and if you train if you really get all this right then then injuries um, are are really rare they, 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 they don't really happen if you get this stuff right um, injuries are th- the things that usually happen when you compete or if you get this wrong uh, and I can definitely say that the injuries that I've sustained during training was when I got it wrong I just I, I, I really messed up and I didn't do it right so yeah um, let, let, guys let's have a look at what some of you have said to the question of the day here um, hey uh, Joseph Gilbert and Lee Clements thanks for tuning in um, Joseph saying often I'm having a hard time determining what load is appropriate for my exercises and I've been getting issues in my shoulders elbows and knees um, and uh, Lee Clements is saying yeah CrossFit was at the forefront of my thoughts whilst doing this yeah look um, Joseph that's a really really common issue and the the older I get the wiser I get with my training um, the more I'm realizing that um you you do need to there are times that you you know really go for it in your training and you push yourself but you always have to listen to your body and quite often uh, the the less is more approach is approach is what really works meaning that you lift less weight but you do it in a way where you can continue to train daily weekly monthly without having to take time off due to injuries and you'll see maybe the weights that you lift won't go up as uh, quickly as you'd like maybe you won't be able to get to that next calisthenics progression as quickly as you'd like but the volume adds up over time and it and it creates the results that we're all in the gym for what do you reckon Richie yeah I'm just uh, reading what Vinnie Brown's uh, put in now in the comments yeah he's saying uh, you want to read that out Richie uh, he said, Ab- he's agreeing, <coughs> I'm super competitive and it's hard not to look at, at someone doing something and I can't and not push too hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Vinny. It's a, it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's really hard when you're in the gym to be looking at people around you and, and not go, oh man, I want to I push myself. I want to be doing what that person's doing. But yeah, you've just got to understand like there's so many things that go into people being able to do more than what you're doing. One of them is that maybe that person's getting it wrong. Maybe that person's on the verge of having an injury themselves because they're doing something that they're just not ready for. Um, maybe that person's done years and years and years of training that you can't see now. Um, and, um, you know, maybe that person is doing their one week out of their five or six week cycle where they're doing peak week and they're going for it, you know. And you really have to just be smart and understand the way that things fit into a good training program. And um, yeah, the more and more, the, the further that I go with my own training, for, for what I do, this isn't right for everybody, okay? Uh, and it depends on what your goals are. But for my goals to want to become strong, flexible, and to learn movement skills that revolve around calisthenics and, and movement style, you know, I even like doing um, bits of acrobatics and stuff. Um, the, the more and more I train, the more I realize that going to failure for me is not the right way to train. Um, I rather go just a little bit shy of failure but be able to come back time and time again. Like like most recently, the most recent injury that I had was that I went to 
absolute failure on a bench press where I missed a rep. It was the first time I missed a rep in a very, very long time because I was recovering from another shoulder injury and I was just working my way up. And I had Richard spotting me. I did 110 kilos for two reps and I went to failure. I couldn't, tried two reps. I did two the week before, but this week I was in a state of overreaching. Missed the second rep. Richie had to lift the bar up. So I was completely fried. And then the next day, I went into my normal handstand training and my shoulder just completely gave way and I tore some muscles in my shoulder. And I hadn't experienced that for a very, very, very long time because I hadn't gone to absolute failure. So I forgot what it felt like and I forgot what uh, I should have done, which is went to failure and recognized that for the next two or three days, my body was in a state of of recovery and I needed to really back off on everything that I did until my body adapted to that workout where I went to failure. And I totally forgot that because it had been so long since I've done it. So I'm not saying that this is what everybody should do. But for me, for my goals, being 42 years old, wanting to continue to train five or six days a week, like that's what matters to me. Um, I just reminded myself again that I should not have gone to failure. I should have reduced the weight a little bit, accepted that I was in a state of overreaching in that workout and uh, not try to compete, which is what I did. Yeah, I tried to compete with myself. I tried to lift as much as I did last week. I should have just accepted. Yeah. Um, Lee Clements is saying, uh, I've had to learn me versus me. Yeah, it's a huge lesson, isn't it, Lee? And Joseph Gilbert saying, for example, today was my second Monday in foundations. Uh, single arm shoulder press in my right arm can do three sets of 12 at 20 pounds, no problem. Left elbow got a kink on the third rep and struggled doing three sets of 12 at 15 pounds. Yeah, so what you need to do in that, in that example, Joseph, this is why in the foundations program we do so much unilateral work. You need to make sure that you, you understand all the concepts that we've spoken about in this show and you apply them to the left side, the weak side. So the left side is the side that chooses the intensity. That's the side that decides this is, we're gonna do 15 pounds, not 20 pounds. And then the right side does exactly the same, which means the left side will feel like it got a great workout. The right side will feel like it didn't get a good workout, but that imbalance over this foundations program over the three phases, the imbalance will work itself out. Yeah. So guys, I wanna, uh, I just wanna let you guys know this week, we're doing something very different this Friday. We and I'm and I'm going to tell everybody. Uh, we've never done this before, but we are. I'm telling you guys what we're going to be doing on Friday this weekend for our flash sale because it's going to be the last one that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're not going to be doing these weekend flash sales anymore. We are focusing solely on the. All our programs are still going to be there. Everybody can get them, but we want to bring the focus into the UMS online coaching program. And the reason why is because that's where the real magic happens. And what we did recently, we removed access to all of the extra programs that were included with the UMS online coaching program and the price has been a little bit increased. Uh, and the reason why we've done that is because uh, we've added value to the program by doing these online, uh, these weekly coaching calls. We're, we're putting a lot more effort into coaching everybody with it. The program itself continues to get built out. So it's definitely worth the value that we charge, which is 97 US dollars a month. But People, a lot of people emailed us after we put the price up saying that they didn't realize that this was their last opportunity to get it. And there were a lot of unhappy people that they weren't able to get on at the old price. So I'm giving everybody a lot of warning here. This weekend for the Black Friday, Cyber Monday 
uh, weekend um, where most businesses, most online businesses, and especially in America, offer these big sales. We will be reducing the price of our UMS online coaching program to 49 uh, US dollars a month, and that'll be a lifetime price if you don't cancel your membership, but it will only be available for the 72 hours of this weekend. So if you've been wanting to get onto that online coaching program, then this weekend is your opportunity to do it. Um, I think we might even be offering a two week trial period as well. And then if you stay on after the trial, it'll be um, 49 uh, US dollars. So if this is something that you've been considering to do, uh, please do not email me after this weekend asking me to reduce the price again for you because the, I'm giving everybody fair warning. This is happening this weekend. Make sure you jump on it. It's a really, really great opportunity to come into our inner circle and start working with us. Um, the uh, yeah, Joseph Gilbert's saying, uh, holy shit, they have no idea the value of this. That's right, Joe. It's uh, it is huge uh, value. It's you know. You just won't know if you're listening to these shows and and getting our individual programs here and there. You, you you really have no idea what the secret source of what we do is, and it is the UMS online coaching program. It's the only program where we teach a, uh, a structured balance between strength and flexibility within the same workout that leads to phenomenal results, uh, and also where we teach a path to um, high level weightlifting and flexibility training and calisthenics. So anyway, hope you guys got something out of this show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't done so already, um, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, uh, like the video, share it with your friends. and. Um, uh, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, consider subscribing to the podcast and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everyone. See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.